Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. We're excited because we're going to get into the realm of cryptocurrency Bitcoin, Dogecoin, if that's how you pronounce it, uh, Coinbase, and all that stuff. With our financial experts, we've got John Baker and Ben Ryder from Kingdom Financial Group, a practice of Ameriprise Financial. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on via Zoom. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, Joel. Good afternoon. All righty. So let's cut right to the chase. What, I guess, what is cryptocurrency? Let's, let's define our terms. Well, it's basically a um, it's basically just a, a form of exchange that was created and is being promoted by uh, you know groups of people. Um, I thought I find it interesting. Maybe a good way to explain it to you is uh, the the first cryptocurrency was actually a tulip. So <laughs> so back in 1600, um, the tulips uh, in, in the Dutch tulip com- company they were um, you know. People had a big demand for them, so people started buying and selling the futures. They, they actually created the future market and started buying and selling contracts for them, the right to buy and sell them. And the price went through the roof. It was 10 times, 10, the price of the tulip was 10 times the co- an annual income of a, a skilled artisan. So wow. um, as uh, as with all these type of things, though, the price eventually collapsed and the, and the bubble popped. And of course, uh, no, no tulips were sold at all. So... The, uh, the basic uh, thing is any, anything that people are, in, are created demand for is going to go up in value. And that's, that's, what's go, you know, that's what any currency is, is obviously the more, more demand for it, the, the more higher the value goes. So, uh, but again, there's a, like a difference between tulips, which is a physical thing that has a limited, lim, limited um, uh, what do you call it, uh, supply. Same thing with oil. Remember oil, uh, when they first dug it out of Pennsylvania, uh, it, it's, it went to the moon and then it crashed, right? It was up and down, right. but it's a commodity. There's still some physical uh, stuff there. This, is there anything physical here with, quote, cryptocurrency? Well, the, the argument with, with cryptos would be that there is a – a limit on on how many a certain crypto can create actually okay so it is it is like a in a sense it's like a currency in that it's going to allow you theoretically to purchase something but the the allure of it um take take the big one Bit, bitcoin was actually created in in 2009 and and the allure is is that there's only so many bitcoins in fact there's 21 million that can be created Okay, that's a little different than the U.S. dollar or or any other currency where a government actually prints it or creates it. A Bitcoin supposedly has a finite amount that can be created. And so the allure is that it's going to be set at some point. So it is it is a little different in that it's supposed to be able to allow you to purchase something. But there's only going to be so many that eventually are created. So it creates a little bit of a of a supply and demand situation of here, here's how many there's going to be. And eventually there's not going to be any more created. The problem with that though, is that there's today 7,800 different types of cryptocurrencies. 
So people can create a new coin or a new currency and then just create a whole bunch more. Why, why do you think that uh, what the uh, attraction to this versus, you know, buying uh, euros or buying Deutschmarks or buying gold or uh, why, why this? Is it, is it the ease of use? Is it the, uh, the democratization of it all? Where do you think the attraction lies, John? It's not the ease of use yet, Joel. When was the last time you bought a pizza with your Bitcoin? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah. So really, the uh, you know a lot of unfortunately a lot of the reason Bitcoin is popular is because it's untraceable. You you mentioned the uh, you know the ransomware. Um, you know, it's very popular for illegal activities because there's a there's no uh, way to trace it. Uh, it's not going through a government process. So um, that's you know part of, part of the popularity, and that's not why everybody gets it, obviously. But that's that's part of what drives it up. Um, it's really the, the concept of it. Most people, um, Ben actually has numbers on that. Most people in it are, are speculators. They're not they're not in it because they like the coin or because they are, want to use it to spend money. In fact, most of them never do get spent at all. Um, most people are in it spec for just clear speculation to see how high it's going to go. Yeah. yeah, we were actually, we were, we were looking at some reports uh, just recently. So there's a group called BCA that does research tables and do, does different things. 35% of everyone buying it at this point is purely for speculative reasons. If, if that is true, it's 100% of some of the huge price swings are being driven by not people thinking it's a good investment or not thinking that, hey, I'm going to be able to use this to buy something. They're buying it because they think they're going to get rich. (laughs) They're buying it because they think this is a way that I'm going to make a lot of money fast. Not, not like a a traditional investment where I'm going to make money in the long term. This is for my future. It's more about, Hey, this is a way to get really ahead. And that is one of those self fulfilling commodities that it starts to pick up a lot of speed. That would be the argument of it's, it is going so fast either direction every day um, that, that it is based on speculation. Like John said, well, and uh, again, an article that came out yesterday, uh, yesterday morning in the Wall Street Journal, uh, it, they're talking about, uh, uh, the ch- uh, this is the first sentence, the chances that Bitcoin will ever become real money or make a productive contribution to society seem close to nil. Then, then again, the same is true for so many things in life. Uh, you know, uh, yesterday, uh, Bitcoin found footing, but it dropped, it's dropped 37% since the start of the month, according to the Wall Street Journal. And, and, and so, um, but that seems like that's the big kahuna. There are people, like you say, they're, they're, they're trying to see if they can catch one of the new waves. And, and my, my question is, is, is the horse out of the barn? Is this, um, is in the totality of cryptocurrency becoming more legitimate as as a part of a portfolio just as much as maybe precious metals would be or or you know penny stocks or uh you know you know stocks that only pay dividends blah 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 yeah i mean you think about you know how you diversify a portfolio is this is this becoming part of it i'm sure you're getting questions about it well not any more so than than um you know you don't invest in dollars or in francs or in, you know, I mean, there's money to be made in it because of the exchange rate between countries, but 
but you don't consider it an investment. Um, cryptocurrency is the same thing. It's only going to be an investment until until it, you know. If we, let's let's go down the the assumption that it will become legitimate at some point and be a legitimate currency. At that point, it won't really be a good investment, right? Because it would stabilize, and therefore it would not it would, it would stay stable, and it wouldn't have those big up and downs. Um, the only reason it makes it you know an investment at all, if you want to call it that, would be the fact that it does have such wide swings. Um, and you know, there, there's been many things like this. I mean, it's not unusual. Uh, I think of the, I think of when the, the government had limited partnerships and, and somebody figured out that that was, that was a way to make money and, and get a good tax write off and housing went crazy in Texas and went, you know, and all that was built until the government one day with a stroke of a pen changed the tax law and boom, <laughs> it was gone. Um, you know, and, and the same thing could happen to cryptocurrency. That's the problem is that with a, with a stroke of a pen, the government could could literally wipe it out. Well, and it sounds like too that just one man, Elon Musk, says something on Saturday Night Live, and it tanks. I mean, to the to um, to the detriment of of really millions of people, right? Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's and, so unstable it is, really. And one of one of the biggest arguments that we you know you continue to hear is that the reason to buy it. Is that it's a, a protect against inflation, or it's a protect? It's a it's an alternative to buying gold in the long run. Is that because of because of the technology, it's going to be this safe hedge against traditional financial markets. Um, you know, it's a protection against inflation, where inflation for for fifty years has averaged somewhere around three percent. You know, two, three, four percent, depending on which metric you use. Um, Annually, two, three, four percent. Well, not too many inflation protection products fluctuate more than ten percent in a day. We're talking about two, three percent in a year, where this is something that's moving up and down ten percent in a day because one person made fun of it, or said, or said, I'm going to buy it, or I'm going to push this into my business, or or one government entity said we're going to support it or we're not, and to see it fluctuate that much makes it hard. To have that argument and say that oh in the long run this is going to be okay you you asked a, a couple minutes ago kind of a you know well what is the where's the end game with this and and most financial advisors out there today would say i don't know in the short run it, it's gonna it's gonna continue to fluctuate you know for now for the next couple of years until some of these other big issues like the government intervention and how it's going to be regulated until that gets figured out it's it's anyone's guess. We got about a minute and a half with uh, uh, John Baker and Ben Ryder before our, our first break. And I want to ask you, what are you hearing from the people that ask you about cryptocurrency? What are you hearing is the appeal? Really, the biggest the biggest thing we hear about is just the fact that, you know, is, they, they know somebody that made money on it, big money on it, right? Or, or, or they're hearing, hearing how much it's going up. Um, and you know it's a very you know we're we're kind of wired that way right that uh, that we, we love the opportunities to make money really quick uh, even though the Bible tells us money quickly gained is quickly lost but <laughs> the uh, the reality is is that you know that's what people are kind of looking for is that get rich quick scheme we see it all the time right with sweepstakes and and uh, lotteries and everything else it's not it's just kind of human nature uh, and that's really what drives people is, is that you know am I missing am I missing a great opportunity here and. Uh, and, you know, they really usually don't know that much about it. And that's, that's kind of what they just see with see the highlights, right? We always see the highlights that's the, and, and the good highlights. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, it's that FOMO effect, isn't it, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody wants to be on on the ground floor. You know, we don't want to miss an opportunity in our life. I always think about that with uh, the old Christmas movie. It's a wonderful life. You know, they want to get in on the ground floor. You got to be the first person. It's so attractive. Plastics. But it's just, yeah, exactly. The plastics. That's right. 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 <laughs> and so it sucks everybody in. You always hear about people who got in on the ground floor and made money. You never heard about the people that that didn't. <laughs> We're talking about cryptocurrency. Our guests are Ben Ryder, John Baker here. I have all these terms that are floating around in my mind, and so I'm just going to throw some stuff out at you. So I understand that there's this concept of blockchain, and you know, and I can bring on a computer scientist to to maybe try to go into the weeds here. But when again, as I'm sure you guys are getting conversations about this, uh, about how this stuff works, uh, what. Have you had anybody uh, be able to describe it to you, Ben? I mean, as far as how how does this stuff work? <laughs> yeah, let, let's sit for the next four hours and let's go through it line by line. <laughs> it, absolutely. You know, I, I in the last year, I've sat with a, a computer engineer. I've, I've literally sat with a couple other engineers, a couple, sat with a couple people that, uh, you know, just at home doing the research themselves and feel very strongly that they can can describe it. And I'm not going to say I'm always the smartest guy in the room, but I'm not not intelligent. And and if you wanted me to explain it to you today, I couldn't. Okay. And and in in the world of finance, that that is a problem. I believe in it. I, I believe in that the technology has a place. There, there's an argument for crypto in that it's a real technology. It, it can be a, a it could be a secure way to transfer money in a global economy, in, in particular, of transferring money in back and forth in a safer way than than some things that are out there today. But I think it's Warren Buffett who makes the argument of invest in things that you know which means invest in things that you can understand too. Because if somebody sits in a room and try, has to explain something to you for three hours and you walk out and you still don't know how it works or what it is, yeah, you don't need it. I'd make, I'd make that argument any day of the week is that what do you need it for? And if the argument that you need it is because it's going to make you a bunch of money, that's not good enough. <laughs> um, John, I want to, I want you to, uh, you know, I mean, if you probably have a, a, a few clients that like fine art, okay? So maybe they maybe they own, you know, a a, a, a Plavacan or you know, or uh, you know, some 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 local artists here, or even some national artists, um, because it, it 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 could be a thing of beauty and also an investment, right? There's a real sure. art market. But now, I'm, again, I am clueless on this stuff, but these non-fungible tokens, which are basically pieces of, of electronic art that supposedly have intrinsic value, but again, it's in the eye of the beholder. Uh, I don't think Picasso got, when he first started out, he didn't get the kind of money that he's getting now that he's been dead right. for 50 years, right? I mean, talk about... That I mean, I, it's commodities. Commodities, yet uh, they are investments. A, what is it's what's very it interesting from the standpoint that there is no, um, you know, we were, I, we were having a conversation earlier today. You know, even like 
collecting coins, there's a beauty in the coin, and, and everybody likes to have that. Um, you know, I have some dollar bills framed on my on my wall that are old, old from way back. You know, they have they have they have art, art cases to them too. Um, cryptocurrency, you're right, has none of that. <laughs> um, it's it's just a you know, and the blockchain basically is is just a way of securing the one the one uh, advantage that they say it has is that you can knock out the middleman because money doesn't actually exchange until the transaction is confirmed. And so you don't need a middleman. Like for example, if you're buying a car, uh, now we used to have to go, we got to go through a notary or a bank or somebody to make, to make that transaction. You know, crypto, theoretically, you don't have to do that. However, that same technology is what creates problems in the fact that there's, there's hundreds and thousands of coins already lost that uh, will never be recovered. Um, and there's, you know, how many times have you had your hard drive crash in your lifetime, right? Uh, when you're dealing with technology, that's that's a scary thing. <laughs> yeah, so. that's, a, that's a really legitimate deal where people forget their uh, password to their Coinbase account and the, you get, you know, five tries, you get locked out and you you might be out, out of luck, period. Right. And, and unfortunately, the two kind of go against each other. I mean, the crypto is cryptology, which is, which is you know, writing a, writing a cryptology um, uh, strong enough that it can't be broken that nobody can get into. But when you do that, you also create the same problem to yourself if you, if you forget that password because there's no such thing as breaking it. Right? It's not like a not like your Windows password where you can get a, a program to break it. <laughs> you know, this is this is high very high tech uh, you know password. So uh, so that's really a lot of the problem is and, and most people, you know, I, I um, I do have clients that are still having a hard time mastering their their uh, their you know smartphone stuff. So, <laughs> uh, when you when it gets into you know that kind of technology, you have to keep your money in it and know how to use it in and out and all of that. It's just very complicated. So. Is there a and again, Oh, go ahead, Ben. I'm sorry. I was just saying. And again, that's an argument where the average person can't use it. So how does it gain widespread acceptance if, if the average person today still can't use it? We, we still look at that even with online banking. Uh, there's a certain percentage of the population that's very uncomfortable with it and yeah. actually can't figure it out. Um, how bad is that you know, compared to cryptocurrency? It's going gonna, it's gonna to block out a certain segment of the population that just can't do it. Talk about the generational part of this. It seems like... Uh, that uh, folks kind of a generation younger than me seem to be have really have adopted this. Uh, I, I saw one, one Facebook post. Uh, and, and again, these people can't afford Bitcoin or even slices of Bitcoin, but they are all in on Dogecoin and some of these other cryptos that are out there. It's amazing. Like, again, individuals giving what would be you know, if we if this was in the stock world, would you be talking to your cousin about you know stock tips or whatever? You would never do that, but it's happening in crypto. Right. To me, yeah. that's that's still the the speculation argument a little bit, Joel, because I I think they're you know part of that with that Dogecoin here a month ago or so is that it's in dollars and cents. It's in the amounts that people can understand. And for people, when you say a younger generation, I think that, that more along the lines of how much money do people have as well? And a younger generation understands a smaller amount of money, typically, not that, that sounds kind of stereotypical, but it's, it's a sense of, hey, this is something I could do 
I could buy this with Dogecoin here, whatever, 50 cents, you know, a month ago, whatever it was. I could buy a bunch of that for 50 cents. And you know what? Bitcoin is 50, 60 grand. Maybe Dogecoin will get there. Think about money in your mind. That's that's intoxicating. Of I can make that much money that fast. You know, when we have these really crazy financial conversations in our country today about student loan debt and I can't get a job and I can buy a new house, I can buy this digital currency and it might happen for me. We have another word for that also besides speculating. That's not spec. That's gambling. Use the dirty word. <laughs> it's gambling <laughs> and it's addicting. It's easy to understand, you know, and. And we've reached a point in our country where gambling is socially acceptable, apparently. If I just listen to the commercials and watch television and see it every day of the week, 15 times a day that, you know, gambling's okay. Well, I might as well do it with my money too, right? Okay, so we've, we've <laughs> taken a half an hour to establish the problem. I wanted to do this program with our, our experts from Kingdom Financial Group, John Baker, Ben Ryder, because I'm seeing a lot of uh, my acquaintances and friends have really kind of uh, adopted, uh, you know, this as a, uh, a way of investing. And, of course, there's, I'm always hearing part and parcel with these conversations on social media that, uh, yeah, if you're – if you are get if you're ready to lose everything, you might want to try cryptocurrency. And it's like, wow, who wants to do that? And so uh, we've kind of identified the problem in the first half hour. Let's start uh, with some solutions about just kind of having a more uh, balanced yet um, uh, beneficial I- investment strategy. So let's talk about our definitions, John. I think it comes down to, you know, you know, there, there is a place for speculative investments. Uh, and then there's a place for, you know, good solid investments, which, you know, your retirement money would probably should go in that good solid one, not the speculative one, right? Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, we talked a little bit about the last segment, the, the fact that people are jumping on the new currency. You know, a good example of that is IPOs. We hear, we hear IPOs with new bank stock coming out and, and everybody jumps all over them. You know, the average return on IPOs is actually lower than the average return on the stock market, <laughs> wow. but people jump on them because that one might be that one, <laughs> right? It might be that one. And so that's kind of what keeps it going. So, you know, we're not saying there's never a spot perspective. You know, if you want to speculate with money, but with all speculation, you want to use money, you definitely can lose, right? You can afford to lose it. You can't, it shouldn't be part of your retirement plan. It shouldn't be part of the money you're going to need to take care of your family. It should be money that you can afford to lose. Uh, but the rest of the money, the money that you're going to support your family with and your retirement with, you want to be in something that isn't uh, that volatile, uh, that you have some, you know, some predictability on it, um, and certainly a good diversified portfolio, stocks and bonds, uh, real estate, you know, and those kind of things in there um, tend to be a lot stabler. And uh, and you know, we have some track history. We know we know where they're going to go relative to where they've been at least. Um, whereas cryptocurrency, you know, as a good example of something that's brand new, we really don't know what it's So it's interesting. And, and again, certainly Ben, this past year has been a roller coaster for investors. If they decide you know, if they invested on kind of the the basics like uh, like food, like uh, shipping and and you know and so on. They probably mm-hmm. did pretty well, but if they invested in hospitality or you know the uh, you know the leisure uh, economy, maybe not so much. 
Yeah. Well, but but you're talking about the basics of, of investing again. Just just like John was saying, is that the basics are we've all heard this word diversification too. You're right. There's certain areas of the market that actually in the last year had their best year in the last 20 years. Wow. There's other years. Uh, there's other areas of the market that last year did not do that great. <laughs> you know, and so there there was some some. Uh, problems there but the diversification if, if you were if you had your money spread out that you were protected against that and that's how long term you have more consistent returns and that is as you said what some of the solutions to the problem with cryptocurrency um i have met with some people in the last year where they feel very strongly about it the technology's there i i don't disagree that i think it's going to be around in some form for the long run um, and so to treat it as a sleeve or as a port or or the old word picture was as a bucket of, you know, I've got this set aside. I'm going to put a little bit over here because I believe in it. That's fine. As long as you understand the risks that are going to be up, up and down with that. That bucket is going to move up and down for a while when it comes to the cryptos just because of so many missing pieces. But it's the basics, again, with money management or if you want to call crypto an investment, you got to treat it like it. Uh, we don't put everything in this one investment and we're going to treat it for the long term knowing that it's going to be uh, kind of a ride. John, this has got to be the kind of um, season that we're in where, you know, a good financial advisor has got to be hugely helpful. For example, I'm not sure that the old labels of stocks like growth stocks, value stocks, mm -hmm. uh, uh, this, this category, that category, D does any of that stuff even work anymore? Yeah, surprisingly, it actually worked probably better this year than, than that. Oh, okay. All right. Um because because of the like as you as you pointed out, because of the distinction between um, you know, things like Amazon and all them, those are growth stocks and they did great during the and you, you could have almost predicted that going into that. Um, you know, Zoom <laughs> right wow. did good. Yeah. Um, those things um and the value stocks did terrible because the value stocks are things that are that are pushed down like like the airlines and the cruise ships and all of that um it's starting to reverse now because now the growth stocks are starting to lose down and the growth and the value stocks are starting to come up so we probably saw more of a distinction this year than we have in a long time uh but you're right it does come and go it depends on it depends on where the economy is um if the economy is going pretty well there's times that they all just do fairly well, you know, and then and there's times that certain economies that one does better than the other by far. So, so I think I think we have to be careful not to lose track of the uh, the fundamentals, even though even though they don't always work perfectly, um, and there are times they don't. So, <laughs> I, I'm interested too that um, you know they always say that maybe have a little portion for those stocks that give dividends, that dividends are kind of a deal breaker. What's your thoughts on all that? Well, if anything, anything that earns income is going to offset any ups and downs of the actual value. So that's where, that's where dividends come in handy. If you have a, if you have a stock that's paying a high dividend, even if the stock itself loses 10%, you know, if it paid a 5% dividend, you're only happy, you're only half down half of right? So, um, so, so those are important um, to you know to have things that that make money uh, inside it. You know, I I always contrast that with gold, for example. Gold gold make, pays no dividends, pays no interest, and you have to pay somebody to store it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. right. Uh, 
So gold better do good on its own as far as capital appreciation because there's nothing else going for it, right? <laughs> or if I have a I have a dividend paying stock, then even if it doesn't appreciate for a few years, I'm still getting something from it every year as it as it cranks off that income. So, all right, Ben, do you feel like uh, investors are becoming more sophisticated? I, I remember in 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 any conversation I've had with you guys, you know, GE at least at one point was the most widely held stock. <laughs> in Erie period. Is it, is it, is it not so much that way these days? Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as sophistication goes, it, it's a, it's a common theme. Again, the last 20 years is the amount of information that's being thrown at us is unbelievable. You know, I, I, I'm personally not a big social media person, uh, but you can just go online and social media. As you said, you've got friends online having conversations about Bitcoin and whether it's a good investment or not. And they get information from legitimate sources. And it's easy. We're all walking around with these phones all the time. And that's the hard part. I don't know if it's a level of sophistication. It's also a level of who do you trust? Where do you go to get your information? And how do you disseminate what's what's good for you and what actually makes sense? Because there's so much information and so many ideas that people get away from good money principles. Like, like John was just saying, you kind of forget what are the basics of how do I pick a decent investment or how, how do I expect this to be a, a long-term thing? Um, you know, and it's so hard. Everything is so emotionally driven. My, my favorite financial quote all time, when it comes to investing, investing is, is counterintuitive. And so you, when it comes to investing, you have to be bold when others are fearful and fearful when others are bold. <laughs> and it's so hard. We get, a, we get away from that when, when so much of it is emotion-based and we see it on the news every night, you know, every single night, the, mic, the, the market's either soared or it's plunged, you know, it's, it's, it's these extremes. So sophistication or at least hearing the terms, we've all heard certain things. We all get that information. But how do we piece that together? And that's where, hey, that's why John and I are financial advisors. We do, we do help people actually to pull those sources together and say, okay, hey, now I need, I need somebody to help me figure out what I should listen to. Yeah, to Ben's point, John, you know, sometimes you'd be looking at the, uh, the stock page and you're like wondering, wait a second, you know, does everybody need to take a volume or something? Because, uh, because it's like, it seems like it's all emotion. It's all based on maybe geopolitical situations versus, you know, the fundamentals of, of, you know, of a company, you know, doing well or doing poorly or, or so on it. Sometimes it's count like, like Ben was saying, it's counterintuitive. I think, I think one thing that's really important too is, you know, our, our interest in things comes and goes. My wife always says, "Be what are you interested in this week, right? So, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think that's part of the problem is we people like, like cryptocurrency, people have a lot of interest in it and they might get in it, but will they keep that interest and keep, keep researching it or, or does it become, you know, and I, but one of the best stories I ever saw, I had a guy, well, a guy came to me and he said, I don't understand why my investments do well. I talked to a guy that he does great in investments and he told me what to invest in. And he said it did okay for a little while, but now it's doing terrible. And he said, "I just don't understand it." And I said, "Well, did you talk? What, what's he invested in now?" And he said, "Oh, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in six weeks or six months." Or <laughs> I said, "So, you know, I said the problem is, is that you know, you have to keep going back to the source. You know, it, it, you can't, you can't just because nothing's going to stay in the right same place. So, 
you know, we're moving investments all the time because things are doing better at different times. And so, you know, I think one of the dangers that people get excited about and get interested in is they really study something, they invest in it, and then they kind of, you know, put it on the back burner and, and don't keep up on it. We see that all the time. People, well, I've had the stock the last 30 years, you know, yeah. they, have, they don't even know what it's done for them, right? right. So. Yeah, they, they say, if I only would have bought Apple when the Apple II came out, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, or, or, yeah. or right before the iPhone. Um, again, yeah. timing is one of those things. The uh, I, I'm looking at this chart for Bitcoin, and we're going to bring it back to cryptocurrency. And I think, I think it's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, it was a little bit over 15,000 right around Christmas time. And it, it shot up mm -hmm. to 60,000. And now it's in the 30s or high 30s. And so, again, if you were there at Christmas, you're still looking pretty good. Um, right. But the question, part of the thing that I never can get is, is there always going to be a willing buyer at the number that you want to get out on, especially for, for oh. this highly speculative stuff? That's a great question. And the, you know, the question that goes with that is, when do you get out? Right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, do you keep pushing the envelope and hoping it keeps going up or, you know, um, and that's real, that's the whole problem, right? So that's why there, there will be a few that make a lot of money and there'll be a lot of people that lose money because a lot of people will carry it too long and, and it'll go the other direction. And, you know, typically like, like many investments do. Um, and so that, that's the, that's the million dollar question that has to be answered is, you know, when, when is the right time? What, you know, when, when's it hit its limit? Um, and, Do and you have, uh, is, is there, is there, I mean, again, I'm so conservative. I would feel like if I made 10% on something, I'd feel pretty good about it, but then I'd be really, would I be really depressed if I missed the, the, the next 15%, you know? And so how, I, I, what do you guys, I, I mean, is it just, so you have to be even keeled about this thing? <laughs> no, Joel, you hit on one of my favorite topics. No, it, it, it's still about setting long-term goals. You, you just said, I would be happy if I got 10%. Was that your goal? Did it, did it do what you wanted it to do? What, and, and I back up, I say, why did you want 10%? What was the actual real life goal for that? And, and what did 10% get me? And if it got me that, then I'm happy. And I know that sounds kind of generic, but that is the question people should be asking. If you tell me that cryptocurrency is an investment, what is the goal? <laughs> what does it do for you personally? And are you, and when it gets there, are you happy? <laughs> and is there too much risk involved in it? Because no, it comes down to same fundamental. I'm a I'm a financial planner. You have a plan, and in that plan, you set some goals, and here's how we're gonna do it. And when we get there, we're gonna be really excited. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter afterwards. You can always go back. That that goes back to the same timing. You know, you said that about Apple. I could have bought Apple 30 years ago. Yeah, but today it's really expensive. I can't buy it today, it's too much. So that's my timing. I, I should have different goals and a different idea for my investments than maybe you do. So it's different, it's different for everybody. No, so wipe that out. <laughs> that's not going from 10% and then worrying about what happens afterwards. No, did we achieve what we wanted? <laughs> it, it, that'd be like, you know, to have a sports analogy, if you if the goal is just to get to the first down, and and the running back says, but yeah, but I got you know I wanted to go to thirty yards. No, but you got the first down. Right. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> 
pick up the ball and do it again, right? That's what it's about. So. All right, well, let's bring this plane in for landing. We've got like two minutes. Um, uh, you know, what's what's a what's a effective, powerful approach, uh, mindset, and uh, I mean, let's start with the financial advisor. Pretty important stuff. Absolutely. I mean, unfortunately, as we've talked about a lot today, there's a lot of emotion involved in the market. Uh, when, it, when it's your money, <laughs> uh, it, you know, there, there's, you have a real emotional attachment to it. And so uh, part of why it's very hard for an individual to make good decisions about, about their investing is because of that emotional uh, upheaval. You know, if the market's going up, we tend to get really excited about that. And, and that keeps us in too long. If the market's going down, we get fearful and that brings, gets us out too soon. Uh, and so having, having somebody to walk with you that isn't being, uh, you know, that, that is a little more familiar with the market that isn't being swayed by that emotion makes a huge difference. In fact, that statistics show that they've actually done studies and the um, uh, 85% of what we bring to the table is, is just helping you to, to be more stable. Uh, picking the right funds and all that kind of stuff helps a little bit, but not near as much as, <laughs> as keeping you more stable. Um, and so that's really a lot of a lot of what what we do. Um, you know, obviously putting the portfolios together and having having good well balanced portfolios is important. Uh, you know, picking the best funds is best is important, but it's not near as important as just understanding human nature as to uh, what's the ups and downs and, and what's going to drive. Uh, and that's you know that's anything that drives people just because of that fear excitement. Is always a little bit scary on our side, <laughs> uh, just because of, of the fact that you know it, 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 uh, that that in itself should not be driving the value to be driving it. So um, we don't see actual value there. Then you have to worry about when the when the excitement's over. <laughs> are you going to be Are you going to be out before the excitement's over or not? You know. How, yeah. How many brokers have a dual major of economics and psychology? I've been. I yeah, mean. absolutely. <laughs> A little marriage counseling mixed in. Marriage counseling. I was going to say, I always get the marriage counseling. Wow. Uh, final words, Ben. Uh, just going to say my, uh, you know, I, I like to think of there's, there's one big difference between investing and gambling. And it's a one word answer. And it's time. <laughs> time is what the definition of investing is. If you came into my office and you said, hey, I want to buy Bitcoin and in a month from now, I'm going to sell it. And I'm going to make a bunch of money. I would say that's not investing. That's, that's gambling because we don't know what, what's going to happen. But if you said, hey, I want to start, start a process that it's going to take years. I want to add money. I want to grow it. That's going to be investing. It's a, it's a relationship and it's a, it's a plan for the long term, um, which, which is the difference, you know. Most of the time today when we're talking about cryptos, it's a short-term thing. I'm excited to see what happens next week. <laughs> that's not good finance and that's not investing. And so that's what I, I try to remind people. There's a very clear difference on, on how we should approach our finances and, and what money we're playing with. Thank you, gentlemen, for unpacking all that. Ben Ryder, John Baker, Kingdom Financial Group, a practice of Ameriprise Financial. And uh, the, you can find these guys at uh, 652 West 6th Street in Erie, Pennsylvania. Their phone number, 814-836-5234. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. Talk to you soon, Joel. All right. 
You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com.